All right, Matthew 9, 5, 9 is where we left off talking about righteousness. And that's where I left off. I don't know, you guys might have left off well before that. Um, <laughs> no, I think that's 6. Sorry. Did I say 9? Let me see what I wrote down. I don't believe we did that, so I'm going to... If anybody thinks I'm going over something that I did before, I wrote down where I left off. But... Wow, I have a lot of notes here. Eight. Six and nine kind of look like each other. Yes, they can. That, that's probably what I did. My dyslexia. Seven, six. Okay, well, I wrote righteousness, and that's six, so... We'll go ahead and do that. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Uh, the great hope of salvation and sanctification. And this is it. This is the hope of our lives, brothers and sisters. And if you've been walking with the Lord for any length of time, I'm sure this has come about as a reality in your life. Uh, the desire to be right. Um, I mean, we know we're saved. Uh, we know that the Lord loves us. But then there's a part of us that just wants to do it right, that longs for it, that longs for righteousness. And what this is saying, if you want uh, to be right, you will be. Um, when it becomes the thing you desire, sanctification is bringing you to the point where it is what you truly want and desire, even what you need. See, that desire to be righteous, that comes through sanctification. The Lord does that. And... You just get tired of paying the price for not being righteous. You get tired of uh, insulting God, of, of troubling God. Uh, the, the one who's done so much, um, just, it bothers me to know that I've offended him after he's done so much. And it's become the thing I want the most. At least I believe it is. And if it's not, he'll show me. Uh, Romans 14, 7 says, uh, which is the heart of the Beatitudes, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. Now, remember it said hunger and thirst for righteousness, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Um, righteousness is defined in the New Testament as without sin, and it, and it gives these uh, of whatever is right or just in and of itself. Jeff, what are, you're on, you're on the... Thank you. Are you are on 5.9. Huh? You are on 5.9. Okay. So I'm. we're getting a repeat last of... Time, yeah, last time you defined righteousness, I remember. Okay, good. So and apparently I put... Apparently on my notes I wrote 9 and left the righteousness thing next to it. So, yeah. Uh, well, we're on 9 and then 10 is back to righteousness. Oh, right? cool. Maybe that's what I did. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you, dear. Uh, I didn't have time to look that up. Did we talk about mercy? Because that one really mattered. Um, just so you know, uh, let me... Get yes, I remember... Excellent. Uh, I definitely remember the pure in heart. We talked about pure yeah. in heart. And our obligation to be merciful, that is how we use the power that God gave us, right? Okay. Thank you, dear. Once I find nine on my voluminous pages. Sorry about this, guys. I thought I had this. Blessed are the pure in heart. We already did that, you said. Excellent. Oh, yeah. Cardia. Where cardiac comes from. I remember that. 
it's tough for me because I sit and go over this stuff and I add stuff in where I was before. Like even today, I was going back and found some more stuff. And then I forget where I was. I would actually have to listen to... Uh, wow, okay. Uh, the, let's see where I left off. Okay, nine. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Um, peacemaker, one who creates peace where there is none. You make it. Um, and brothers and sisters, if you turn on the, the news, you can see plainly that peace is, it, there's a shortage. Um, it's not our natural condition to be at peace uh, with ourselves. And when we're not at peace with ourselves, it's, it's very hard to be at peace with others. Uh, literally making peace appear where it was not. Um, what we often call when I pray in the closing, being part of the solution, not part of the problem. And um, that's a real thing. Um, you know, acting like a goat instead of a sheep, being better at being a goat than the goats are, is a little embarrassing. John fourteen twenty seven says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Uh, we can be peacemakers because Jesus Christ left us his peace. Uh, that's the only reason we could be peacemakers. He bought it, he left it, and he expects us to use it. Uh, our own fear and insecurity sabotages our peace. Remove all fear, not allowing your heart, your essence to be dominated by it. And then you can make peace with and for other people in this world. So basically, Christ says uh, I, he left us with peace, and then he tells us personally, don't let your heart plow. Don't let your heart be troubled. Well, that that's a big ask, isn't it? <laughs> but being as he left his peace, he's what he's saying. It's available, uh, and don't let it be fearful. Uh, you know, the trouble and fear are the two things that just engulf us all. Insecurities, which is what insecurity is nothing but fear. Fear that I'm not enough, that I'm not good enough, or whatever. You know. And that'll eat you alive. But Jesus Christ, part of what he came to do was take that away and give you peace. However, you can only make peace when and where you have power and the desire to do so. You can only control the me part of any contentious situation. That's what Paul wrote to the church in Rome. So, you know, if you're wondering where the peace is in a... Let's say you have a family relationship or a work relationship that just doesn't seem to have peace in it. And it just seems to be an ongoing thing that for years, maybe, uh, just that that person, and maybe it's you or them, it doesn't matter, but that, that constant um, problem with another person, well, you can only control you. And, and understanding that and grabbing a hold of that is really important. Uh, you can't change anybody else, nor are you called to. Uh, that's God's business. Our job is to show them our peace, and when they see it, what the scriptures say, when they see your hope, uh, which is the bottom line for our peace is hope. If you have no hope, you're not going to have any peace. It says when they see it, they'll ask you where it came from. Be ready to defend, what does the scripture say? To defend the hope that you have. Make a defense for it. Uh, give an explanation. Explain it. Um, and let the Lord do the rest. Uh, you, you cannot change people. Uh, the only thing you can do is do what you're supposed to do. Uh, Paul wrote to the church in Romans 12, 18 through 21, If possible, and this is the important part, so far as it depends on you, 
be at peace with all men. Uh, do not overcome. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Um, all you have to do is be good. Um, and of course, that part where it says, "As far as it depends on you," um, I, everybody here is an adult. You've lived long enough to understand that situation. Uh, what's troubling to me is if I'm the person on the other side who won't let peace happen. Uh, that cannot be. That's unacceptable. Um, but any of us being human can be that person and we'd have to ask the Lord if Lord if that's me anywhere show me don't let me be that person don't let me be the evil let me be the good that overcomes the evil uh, so the first thing you do is to be a peacemaker is you make sure you're not the one who's causing the problem who's not allowing peace and then if it's not you then you just give it to the Lord and you be at peace with you acting like you should act and doing what you should do. Um, you know, in families and in work and every neighbors. I mean, this stuff can go on for years. Uh, you know, there are times I went to the same houses as a police officer time and time and time again. Uh, just a constant battle between uh, the people inside the family or their neighbors. I mean, that turns to crap really fast and it gets ugly and it's just year after year and it's like they live for it well what he's telling us here is if you want to be blessed don't do that um, and of course the reward uh, is that you will be called the sons of God <laughs> well isn't that what our goal is here as Christians that they recognize God in us that, that they could tell that we're his by how we act and the things we do your peace with another person always depends on you. Your peace, not the peace, your peace. Their peace with you is up to them. We need to place them into the hands of God and be at peace once we've done all we could do and all that we should do. You cannot defeat evil with greater evil. Uh, it is very tempting. Uh, when somebody does something to you, my little mind starts a working and, uh, you, know, well, you know, I'll show them. I could, you know, And God... God doesn't even want us thinking that way. It's a little embarrassing. It takes faith to believe that. That goodness conquers evil. Because along with the goodness, time matters. I mean, you don't act nice to somebody once and then all of a sudden it's all better. Uh, you have to be committed to peace. Uh, we lack peace because there are things we want more than love. And we don't want to give them up to get peace. The reason we don't have peace is there's something we're enjoying far more than the idea of peace. Revenge, uh, uh, evening the score, uh, it's all a waste of time. And when we stand before the Lord, we are going to feel so stupid for doing that. It's just going to be, he's going to look at us and say, why? What did you do? Did you show them me or did you show them you? And I'll say it again, the world doesn't need to see more of Jeff at all. It needs to see Jesus Christ in Jeff. Um, revenge, power, control, respect. The demand for respect. You know, I'll do this until they respect me. Um, those are all hard things to give up. Uh, but to give them up, what you gain is you become a peacemaker. And then you become called the sons of God. Offer grace and the peace it affords. Then leave the matter to God. As far as you're concerned, there's nothing more you need to do. Of course, as always, be wise as a serpent. 
Uh, learn from the harm others caused you. Don't put yourself in harm's way if you can avoid it. Uh, don't go looking for it. You know, um, there's a wisdom in just letting them go, uh, letting them go their own way. But if the encounter happens, then you need to be the peacemaker. Is there someone that you demand your pound of flesh from is the question. Is there still someone in your life that they owe you something? And until you get what they owe you, whether it be respect or an apology or whatever, uh, you're just going to maintain that in your head. You don't want peace with them. You want respect or you want an apology or whatever it is you want. Or you want them to know that you were right and they were wrong. Uh, if this is so, then you cannot be called a son of God by your actions. Being at peace with your enemies is how things work in the kingdom of heaven. We conquer by surrendering. Only in the kingdom of God does that happen. Then infecting them from close quarters with God's grace and love. Uh, we surrender. And when we surrender, the infection of Jesus Christ in us goes to them. The power of God is unleashed. You have the power to be a peacemaker. Because, once again, our Savior and our Lord is the Prince of Peace. So, it's a choice. Peace is always a choice to walk in the Spirit, not in your flesh. It, that's the constant battle, isn't it? Uh, to be a son of God, not a son of Satan, or a product of your own flesh. It was a choice that God warned Cain about when he told him, Sin is crouching at your door. And, and Cain is an a beautiful example. I mean, it's right there in the beginning, and it's there for a reason, because this is us. Uh, what Cain did is what we do. You know, for some reason, he's offended by the fact that his brother did something good, and the Lord accepted it. So he just let that boil and boil and boil, and uh, he murdered someone. And he surely, and we all, and he know this, Cain is us. Cain is in a special case, the, some other sort of human being who does that sort of thing. He's us. This is what we do. We do it continually. And every one of us is capable of doing horrendous things, giving the right set of circumstances. Uh, that's why we pray, uh, lead us not to temptation. Uh, and that's why I always ask the Lord, Lord, sanctify me uh, in a way that hurts other people in the least way possible. I know I need to see what's wrong with me, but I don't want others to pay the price for that. Uh, well, that's part of marriage, isn't it? Um, they have to see who and what you are, and then you have to regret it, and then you have to repent, and then you be sanctified. But the grace of God allows us to... It's there. What I'm saying is the grace of God and His care over you uh, keeps you from being the person who's not the peacemaker. So, if you become the person who is the troublemaker, that's your choice. It's not the environment. It's not the situation. It's you. And it's me. If you make peace, won't you feel better about yourself and your relationship with others? If you do what is right, won't, let, won't life be better? Uh, which is exactly what God said to Cain. Dude, just do the right thing. Everything will work out. And, well, obviously... We don't believe so. <laughs> it's not what we want. Uh, that or we don't want to wait for it. We want it right now. We are not peacemakers by nature. 
uh, our nature, you know, uh, police officers are called uh, peace officers at times. Uh, well, there are times I guess that's what I was, but uh, actually the truth of the matter is you, you hired me to confront people who aren't peaceful by any means necessary and by the appropriate necessary means. Um, our nature has to be changed for us to become peaceable, and that takes time. In fact, we can turn these verses around, and it still holds the truth. It's reciprocal. The Son of God, the sons of God, will be called peacemakers. Instead of peacemakers, will be called the sons of God. Uh, it, maybe that makes it a little clearer. Uh, value peace more than you do your pride, and you will be a peacemaker. Scripture is full of people who chose to be a peacemaker, people who let the, who let the peace of God rule their hearts, Joseph offered up peace for his undeserving brothers. And one of the most profound uh, stories in Scripture, accounts in Scripture, Joseph's grace to his brothers is one of those ones that demands I do better than I do. Um, those brothers had caused him great harm, great distress. Uh, Joseph ended the conflict with the, his power to forgive, to be merciful. We'll go back to mercy. And to bless them. Because brothers and sisters, Joseph had the power to do harm. But he chose not to. And he became a son of God. Um, Abigail made peace for Nabal. Her nincompoop of a husband. Who had openly offended David and his men. Who had protected him at great risk to themselves. She came and made peace. Um, David should have been the peacemaker. But once men start uh, building up speed on the t t testosterone highway, uh, when we become rutting males, their desire for peace is often the first casualty. David was ready to go and kill Nabal. There was nothing in David that wanted to make peace with Nabal. David wanted to kill him. He was going to kill him and everybody, his servants and everything else. Uh, Abigail talked David into being a peacemaker. God put someone in David's life to tell him, don't do that. She talked to him, talked him into acting like a son of God. And David, to his credit, listened. And later Nabal died and he married Abigail, because obviously he saw that Abigail is a pretty smart woman. 1 Samuel 25, 32-33, blessed are the peacemakers, literally. David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel who sent this you to me this day. <laughs> David's recognizing it. Man, I came back close to sinning here. I was really close to not showing people God, but to showing him me. And blessed be your discernment, and blessed be you who have kept me this day from bloodshed and from avenging myself at my own hand instead of allowing, giving things to God. So, she's a peacemaker, and he's just praising her. Uh, Jacob uh, tried to make peace with Esau, the brother he had stolen from by using gifts to soothe the wounds he had caused. Esau then refused the gifts, and then offered Jacob not only his peace, but his protection. One of the most profound... Man, it's so easy to miss this one. Esau's grace to, to Jacob is spectacular. Uh, you know, who had wronged him, and... He just said, brother, I'm going to protect you. Uh, 
When Isaac moved to the land of the Philistines during a famine, he opened up wells that his father had dug. Each time he opened the wells, the Philistines claimed it as their own. He did all the work, they come in and took the wells. So he simply moved on and dug another well. Not because he was afraid, but because he loved peace. And he had the faith to believe that if he acted properly, God would bless him, and he did. Isaac had become so powerful that the Palestine, the Philistine king traveled to Beersheba to make a peace treaty with him, knowing how poorly they had treated him. Because why? They expected revenge for the things they'd done. Once Isaac became powerful, they went, uh-oh, isn't that the guy we took all of his wells? And they said, maybe we should go make peace with him. Well, a lot of us wouldn't allow this peace. Uh, Genesis 26, uh, 28 through 29, they said, We've seen plainly that the Lord has been with you, so we said, this is them talking to Isaac, Let there now be an oath between us, even between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you. In other words, let's make peace, now that you can hurt us, that you will, not, uh, that you will do us no harm, just as we have not touched you and have done to you nothing but good and have sent you away in peace this is the people who stole his wells uh, you are now the blessed of the lord what did, what are they saying they're saying you're the son of god isaac's re restraint was a great act of faith as any of his fathers or sons ever offered his desire for peace was honored and blessed by god no matter what this world took from him god gave him more in return simply because he did not seek his own justifiable revenge or retribution. Let me say it again. God gave him more in return simply because he did what God told him to do. There's nothing this world can take away from you that God cannot replace over and over again. Isaac was secure in who he was and who God was. The security allowed him to be at peace with others because he was at peace with himself and most importantly, peace with God. Joseph, Abigail, David, Jacob, Esau, Isaac, all had the power to gain retribution. Well, Abigail had the chance to get rid of a husband she didn't really care much for. Uh, instead, they all chose to offer peace to make it where it did not exist. They all learned to be peacemakers. So if they all learned it, we can learn it, and we could help each other. We could all be Abigail to our brother or our sister who comes and says, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, Thomas Watson wrote, the world can create trouble in the middle of peace, but only God can create peace in the middle of trouble. Well, that's us. This, we are where God is. Uh, how God chooses to do this is through his children, through you. Let the peace of Christ rule your heart. Let it control you. Allow it. Give it. Turn it over to him. Allow it to reign over your actions. And watch God make peace in this world. Now, the sons of God. You being called a son of God is nothing short of the culmination of God's purpose for creation as far as I'm concerned. You becoming a son of God by your actions, your deeds, your heart, your words, everything. Your being, your heart uh, is what this is all about. It's what God wanted. Uh, that's why this was created. You know, this life, as far as I'm concerned, is a mechanism for God to get what he wants. It's a machine that creates sons of God. 
And we all know how it does it through sanctification, through time, through experience, through failures. Uh, scripture proves that all of this exists so that you can be called a son of God by God himself. Not that we get, that title's coming from him. He says, you are my son. God is love. It is his essence. It is the foundation of his heart. Love demands to be shared, to be given. It requires a recipient. The love that, that exists between the father and son serves as the basis for God's plan for us. God wants to love us as he loves the son and to have that returned. God wants sons to love. Then once again, I remind you, sons is has nothing to do with gender. It has to do with standing. It has to do with being an heir. So God is making it happen in your life. He is making you into the son that returns, the prodigal son that comes back. That is, And that journey away from the prodigal son is the journey we are all on while we are on this earth. And the sooner you turn around and walk back, the more pleasant our existence will be here and the more meaningful it will be. John 1, 12-13, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right. He gave it to us. He gave us a right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Uh, it has always been his plan. Children that are born of the will of God children that were wanted, children that were planned for, children that were not formed in their earthly mother's womb, but in their heavenly father's heart, and gestate for 85 years or so on this earth. Romans 8.19 tells us that creation anxiously longs for and eagerly awaits the fulfillment of this purpose. Creation knows why it's here. We have to learn it. Creation knows why it exists. To give God sons, children if you prefer. The revealing of the sons of God. That's exactly what Romans 8.19 says. Uh, verse 22 states that the entire creation groans and suffers the pains of child, the pains of birth for the children of God. This world longs to present God with the sons it has carried and it has formed. All of this is designed and created to produce not just children for God to love, but sons for God to call his heirs. Children that God can share all he has with, because that is what love does. And God is love. Once again, I remind you, sons has nothing to do with gender as far as God's concerned. In scripture, sons are heirs. This is a designed metaphor, designed by God to be a metaphor so we could understand it. Proclaim so that we can understand our eternal reality and our Father. There is absolutely no distinction with God between his children. They are all heirs. Hence, they all own the title sons of God. Uh, Galatians 3, 26-29 For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Every Christian is a son of God. For all you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, nor is there a slave or free man. There is neither male or female. For you are all one in Christ. We're all one what? Sons of God. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendant. Heirs according to the promise. 
heirs to every promise God made to his people from the very beginning. Every one of us. Uh, this life prepares us to receive all of that. Quite frankly, if we were to receive it all at once before we are sanctified, the same thing that happened to Lucifer in heaven would happen to us. This life proves that to me. Um, he is a Lucifer is a cautionary tale of what could happen to all of us. Galatians 4, 6 through 7, Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore you are no longer slaves, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. It's really clear, guys. I'm not making this stuff up. This is what scripture says. And you have to grab a hold of this and keep it in your heart. When you face the hard things, when you see yourself in a way that frustrates you, when you feel like, I haven't won a fight against my flesh in weeks, months, maybe years, realize God's got you. If a son, then an heir. Children denotes a natural relationship. Son speaks to the additional legal privilege of all sons. All people are created by God and loved by him. Sons recognize him as their father and then return his love. For this, they are blessed as heirs. Christ is heir to all things. You are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. The father then adopts us as sons, the one who killed his only son, because the son we killed asked the father to do it. That's why we are sons. Because the one we killed wants it from the father. It was the reward he wanted for doing what he did. Us. Um, that touches my heart. I don't know why. I just know that he loves me. I know I don't deserve it. I know I'm going to fail him. I know there are times in my life when I say, give us Barabbas. Every time I choose my flesh over obeying God, I shout it. And I know all of heaven hears it. And yet it's still what he wanted for me. This explains John's profound astonishment profound astonishment when he wrote see how great a love the father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of god how could this happen how is that so to know what we get we must know what christ gets because as Romanates tells us the sons of god get what the son of god gets the firstborn shares his inheritance with his brethren romans 8 16 through 17 the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ. That's not poetry. That's telling you something very important about your future. Right here in black and white. For everyone in the world to read. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may be glorified with him. Now, there's a lot of things that suffering could mean. It could mean physical suffering, of course, which is... The furnace of affliction, which brings us to what? Sanctification. If indeed we are sanctified. We are joined us with Christ because we are sons. This is very significant because Christ is the heir of God. The phrase glorified with him is blessed beyond our comprehension. There's a qualifier that is attached to this inheritance. If indeed we suffer with him. If we are crucified with him. Paul uses this all the time. 
if we die to self, if we drink from the cup, if we feel the anguish that Christ felt in the garden, a proclamation, he proclaimed the battle cry of all the sons of God. Father, your will, not mine. Being brought to that point through suffering, the suffering of living for Christ in a sinful world are not slight for any of the children of God. This speaks to God being proclaimed Lord of your life, not simply Savior of it. We all must journey through the wilderness, as did Israel for 40 years, as did Christ for 40 days. Through the furnace affliction, God refines his people. We must all take the journey of the prodigal son out into that mean, nasty world where he suffered. And that suffering caused him to do what? Turn around and go back home to his father. He didn't like the things he reached for. Uh, we're not simply heirs of God in the sense that we get what Christ gets. We literally inherit God himself as our father. We're not talking about just stuff here. We're talking about a bonded relationship with God on a deep, deep level uh, through his son. Nothing is grander or greater than this. We inherit a father through our firstborn brother. We get a father. Um, the father. Everything a father is supposed to be and more. And if you had a father that wasn't all of those things, uh, for a, a myriad of reasons, then it'll give you some contrast, if not comparison, to show exactly what it is you're getting. We are not just joint heirs of the glory and power of Christ. We are joint heirs of the love God has for the Son. This love given gives meaning and purpose to all things that Christ has been given. The love makes all these things we get valuable. Hebrews 1-2 says, In these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world. Matthew 28:18 says, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. John 3:35 says, The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Uh, he's being very comprehensive about what Christ has and what he is heir to. And so that's how comprehensive what your heir to is. Don't lose sight of this. Don't let the pains and sufferings of this world ever let you stop thinking about this. God gave all these things to Christ. And Christ gave all these things to us. This is what they wanted for us. When we were conceived by the mind of God. When the Godhead conceived us. When we weren't even here yet. When they decided we would be this was in their minds this is what they wanted out of this this is always the kind intention of his will i love that phrase from scripture the kind intention of the will of god is that you become us to have sons to share love with there is no way we can comprehend such blessing there's also no way such unbridled blessing can be absorbed without preparation blessing of this magnitude will be soured and putrefied by pride so pride has to go and 
that's what sanctification is ripping the pride away from you you just ripping it out of your own heart giving it up giving it away I don't want it anymore the inheritance of God cannot be allowed to spoil we cannot be permitted to associate the blessings from God with being God which is what we generally do once again blessings from God we start to associate the, us being God that's why we're still here after we accept Christ that is why we go through a wilderness after we were assured a land of promise Hebrews 12 5 through 8 you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons my son do not regard lightly the discipline from the Lord do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord when these hard things happen when you're in the furnace understand why you're there understand its purpose nor faint when you are reproved by him those whom the Lord loves he disciplines he scourges every son that he receives for a purpose for a reason it is for discipline that you endure in other words if you know this if you know why you're going through it it makes going through it more endurable God deals with you as sons for what son is there whom the father does not discipline it takes responsibility for you he makes you his own and then he takes responsibility for you how you act what you do the things you say he you know you know when I was a kid if I broke a window they came to my parents house and talked to my parents and my and well that never ended well for Jeff let me just put it well it did end well for Jeff but at the time I didn't really enjoy it but if you are without discipline of which all have become partakers if nobody gets through this without it then you are illegitimate children and not sons if God isn't correcting you if you're not going through the furnace you're not his child that's pretty clear uh, got a little bit more and we'll finish up know this God will give all that he has to those of us who were drug addicts alcoholics thieves prostitutes or murderers those who know they don't deserve it but he will not give anything to anyone who leaves here still clinging to his pride those who believe they have earned an inheritance from God children refuse to acknowledge the grace and authority of the father are spiritual bastards by their own choosing having God call you his son is the greatest blessing that your existence can receive those who make peace know this and they make peace because they know this they can make peace because they know peace because they are the sons of God and they can grant it to others just as it has been granted to them CS Lewis said the son of God became a man to able to enable men to become the sons of God the son of God became a man to enable men to become the sons of God all of this everything that it is the entire plan of God revolves around you being called a son of God sort of makes you want to be a peacemaker does it not Spurgeon said talk of princes and kings and potentates their inheritance is but a pitiful foot of land across which birds wings can soon direct its flight 
but the broad acres of the Christian cannot be measured by eternity. He is rich without the limit to his wealth. He is blessed without a boundary to, a boundary to his bliss. Such are the sons of God. Such are the peacemakers. Such are you. And we will leave off there. Amen. Any comments, criticisms, questions, anything? Let me correct this so I put it in the right way. We're still on 5 9. Verse 10. Okay. Well, that was only one verse. Well, no wonder. That was, that was, a, that was a whopper. Do you, I hope you guys really get this. Um, who you actually are to God. And who you are to God is what you are. It doesn't matter what the world has to say. It means nothing. Um, how important you are. And honestly, that should make you that important to me. If I know you mean that much to my father, then you should mean that much to me. Um, there's also a little lesson in the prodigal son of the son who didn't leave, who was offended a little bit because the father blessed him. Well, there's a little lesson there. Don't be that guy. Uh, don't be that guy. Uh, offer peace to everyone who you have the power to offer to. And show them in the world. You know, we, we talk about witnessing. We talk about, well, maybe the difference between us and the Muslims. And, you know, and of course when we think of Muslims, uh, there's always that temptation just to categorize them as the worst of the worst. And they can turn it around and do that with Christians. Uh, they really can. Uh, but there are souls that God desperately loves. And uh, there are so many that I'm absolutely positive are seeking the will and heart of God. Well, we have a chance to show it. We have a chance to be that peacemaker. And uh, when we do that, we will be the sons of God. And God will smile from ear to ear and say, that's my boy, no matter who you are. So, anything else? If not, then I'm going to turn this recorder off and we're going to be done. And I will say a prayer.